Open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1, what I believe is a familiar passage of Scripture for many of us. And beginning with verse 5, we read of the foretelling of the birth of Christ, which actually begins with the foretelling of the birth of John the Baptist. Look with me, if you would, in Luke chapter 1, and beginning in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. The whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the people for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring to you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. 
Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The word Advent derives a lot of its meaning from what we describe as waiting. And you have to understand that this passage of Scripture, though it communicates great joy, is actually set during a time of great sorrow because the people of Israel have been waiting for a word from God for 400 years and they haven't heard a thing. They've had numerous empires come in and take them over, conquer them, and when they think they're back on their feet again, once again, they fall down. They've turned to the Lord and turned back from the Lord and turned to the Lord and turned from the Lord. And at one point, God finally has enough with them. And he says, you are my people, but you're on your own. And so for four centuries, they don't hear a thing. You read about this passage in time outside of the canon of Scripture, what we believe the 66 books of the Bible are, inspired by the Spirit, affirmed by the church, books like First and Second Maccabees and others. It's not a good time in the history of Israel. It's not fun to wait. And it's especially not fun to wait when your people are in great danger. And there's a great sorrow that takes place. This is what David records in Psalm 14, 7. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. It's so easy to question the timing and the plan of God, is it not? But you know something? If you knew what God knew, you would not question what He did. Because His ways and His timing are always perfect. And the Bible tells us that not in our time and not in our script, but in the fullness of time was come. God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them who are under the law. And He reminds us that we have to trust in the promises of God, especially when we can't see them. Notice what's happening here. Zechariah and Elizabeth, the Bible tells us, are righteous before the Lord. They've lived holy lives. What a testimony that must be. was talking with Daryl before the service uh, about his parents, and he was talking about their testimony. They asked, you know, how do we live a good long life? And the response is, live for the Lord. Be right with God. What a testimony that is for Zechariah and Elizabeth here walking blamelessly in all his commands and statutes, and yet that did not relieve them of disappointment. That did not get rid of their hard times because for years they had waited to have a boy, and there was a stereotype in that day, just as there is in our day in some places, that if you were unable to have a child, that meant there was something wrong with you. Surely you must have a problem with God. And in this passage of Scripture, nothing could be further from the truth. 
It was Zechariah's day to go and to burn the incense. There's 18,000 priests in Israel. This is the only time in his life when he gets to do this. And on the most important day of his career, God shows up, and unsurprisingly, he's scared to death. Because when you have a sense of the holiness of God, you'll also have a sense of your own unworthiness. It's Isaiah saying, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. It's Peter standing before the Lord saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And here is Zechariah standing before the angel of Gabriel, wondering how in the world he and his wife are going to be able to have a son. This script hasn't played out before, has it? Abraham and Sarah had wondered the exact same thing thousands of years before, and yet nothing shall be impossible with God. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And the angel says to Zechariah, do not be afraid because your prayer has been heard. How many times must they have gotten on their knees before the Lord saying, God, why can't I get past this event? Lord, will you take this burden away from me? But the great tests in Scripture are not what goes well in our lives, but how we respond to the struggles in our lives, because God greatly uses those who greatly struggle. Here we see Zechariah and Elizabeth struggling. God responds to their prayer. And Zechariah, as a result of seeing this angel of the Lord, he hears Gabriel saying, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the forerunner for Jesus. He's going to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Zechariah says what maybe you and I would say, how shall these things be? And the angel says, because you have not believed, because you have not responded, you're not going to be able to speak for a while. And he's just made mute. <laughs> I wonder sometimes... If we wouldn't be just as well off when we don't believe God, if he just said, hush a little while, listen to my spirit, listen to my voice. That's what happens to him. How many times has God been faithful to us and yet we still don't believe Spurgeon says this, there's nothing in the world that costs a saint so dear as doubt. If he disbelieves God, he most assuredly robs himself of comfort, deprives himself of strength, and does himself a real injury. And the challenge is, every single day, to wake up and say to yourself, regardless of how you feel and regardless of what's going on, to say in your heart and in your mind that nothing shall be impossible with God. Every day that's true. So he tells us to trust in his promises, but he also tells us to trust in his power. He talks about this boy who will be born. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that nothing in our lives can be accomplished apart from the Spirit of God. Look at what else he'll do in verse 16. He will turn away many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And in verse 17, he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That's a lot of power to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared to turn the hearts of children to their fathers. Anybody need that today? To turn those who walk in darkness to seeing the light, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. We live in an age that is rebellious against all kinds of authority. God says, I'll bring them back. 
And then Mary is given this extraordinary opportunity, this extraordinary calling by God. Just as a teenage girl, the angel comes to her and says, Fear not, Mary, you will have a son. In verse 25 of the chapter, he says, Thus the Lord has done for me in the ways when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now you can hear the story about Zachariah and Elizabeth. They're having a child. What kind of baby is this going to be? And now Mary who's engaged but not married, is pregnant. And she's saying the baby's from God. You think there were some gossip columnists writing about her? Probably. But she doesn't turn away from God. She turns to God. And I want you to see her response. Let's look at that together, beginning in verse 46 of Luke chapter 1. My soul magnifies the Lord... And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. And we won't read the rest of this passage of Scripture, but the Bible tells us that when Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth, the mother of John, get together and Elizabeth is told by Mary that she is also pregnant, the Bible tells us that the baby in Elizabeth's womb, John, leaps for joy because the Messiah has come. This is good news. This is the heart of the Christmas story beyond a Christmas tree, beyond receiving gifts, beyond putting up lights and decorations. Here's the Christmas story. God became man. It had never happened before. Nobody ever thought that it would occur this way, and yet it did. Because nothing shall be impossible with God. A.W. Tozer says this well, anything God has ever done, He can do now. Anything God has ever done anywhere, He can do here. Anything God has ever done for anyone, He can do for you. Just wonder if we believe that sometimes. So easy to become discouraged maybe even depressed, distracted. Because there are three constant forces telling you to ignore this verse. The world, the devil, and your own flesh tell you that everything is impossible with God and you ought to just do things on your own. You ought to live for yourself. You ought to show up at church when it fits into your schedule and you ought to serve God when it's convenient. The world will tell you that. The flesh will tell you that. The devil will tell you that. But God says, nothing shall be impossible with Him. What seems impossible in your life right now? What is impossible for you is possible with God. But you have to believe that. And the way that you believe that is you believe the greatest miracle of all, that God became a man. And then that man rose from the dead on the third day. That's the miracle of Christmas. 
And so now we're waiting, not for the first coming, but for the second coming, waiting for God to make everything wrong in this world right, waiting for Him to make this old world new. And He tells us to trust in His promises, to trust in His power, because we've trusted in His Word that nothing, nothing shall be impossible with God. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the broadcast. If you found it helpful, please consider sharing it with your family and friends. For more information, check us out online at barryefields.com.